Welcome to the Speak Gyno podcast. I'm your host, Nee Gutenfelder, and joining us today is Tracy Willingham. She is the Senior Program Director at Cancer Care Services, where Tracy plans and executes programming, supporting cancer patients, caregivers, as well as survivors. She has been with Cancer Care Services for almost 10 years and has been a social work navigator, client database manager, program manager, and finally, senior program director. Tracy leads a team of 18 program staff to deliver navigation and knowledge to individuals impacted by cancer. Previous to Cancer Care Services, she worked with programming for teenagers, insurance and medical claim navigation, and activity programming for older adults. Tracy received her Master of Science in Social Work at the University of Texas at Arlington and has been a resident of Tarrant County for 13 years. She's very involved in the community in various coalitions, organization boards, and interest group. So welcome, Tracy. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be here as well. Let's start by um, if you could share a little bit about your story and how you got involved with Cancer Care Services. Sure. So I um, about... I think it was about 11 years ago, started um, my internship here. At that time, I wasn't really sure if oncology was going to be the field for me. And so I did my internship and, and left, and I was able to come back and do some contract work. And then I was able, when I got my master's, to be hired here. And so um, I really love this organization, and I love the the work that we do. And I really like navigation and education that we're mm -hmm. able to bring to oncology. That's awesome. Well, I'm really glad that you're here and part of Cancer Care Services, which we'll all find is a valuable resource in our community. Our topic of focus today is, is one that impacts all patients going through treatment and well beyond that, and that is financial toxicity. Tracy, could you tell us what is exactly financial toxicity? So financial toxicity was actually coined by uh, researchers at Duke University. And it really talks about the level and expense that can go along with anything really, but today specifically in the cancer or oncology world. And so financial toxicity is just the high volume of, of bills, of you know expenses, and, and really trying to figure out how to manage all that on top of household income bills, and then maybe even a loss of job mm -hmm. included in that. Right. And the importance of the insurance, health yes. insurance coverage as well. Yes. We have a lot of people who are navigating either their current um, health insurance or it could be even that they have lost their insurance and now they don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. Based on your experience, what is the accuracy of the medical bills that you assist clients with? So we have, um, we have several different things with bills that we have learned by working with clients. Mm -hmm. Some of the things we've learned, um, there's a statistic that just recently came out that said that 80% of medical bills have errors located inside of them. That's incredible. Yeah. And so a lot of people don't know maybe to slow down and look at their EOBs or their explanation of benefits mm -hmm. and to double check that coding. There's also just the whole understanding of if I lose my job and I lose my health insurance, am I eligible to shop the marketplace and, and select a new plan? Sometimes people don't even understand really what does COBRA mean and and sometimes the the cost of COBRA can be extremely expensive. We had one person we worked with that their monthly total was $1,700. And wow. so 
you know, there's a lot of navigation of, of understanding insurance in general, but also the volume of medical bills and then also looking for errors. That sounds like a specialty all in itself. <laughs> it really is. So finances are definitely a huge part. You know, a lot of times when patients are going through treatment, it's the thought of the treatment toxicity of treatment. So the financial aspect of it is just really an additional stress on top of trying to go through the treatment as well as the recovery process. Would you be able to share, are there specific things that cancer care services assist with as far as, you know, when somebody walks in the, the door and needs help? Absolutely. So we have two different levels of help. So there's going to be um, the first level is a social work team. And so that's going to be helping you navigate through um, just the different resources that exist in your community. Mm -hmm. And so cancer care spends a lot of time on navigation, getting people in touch with who's here locally that could help. A good example of things we try to do is, could we find an agency that maybe will pay your electric bill or your mortgage payment? Mm -hmm. And then that frees up some money for you to pay your co-pays or a deductible that's due up front. The second level we're really excited about is we are actually hiring a financial navigator at this moment. Mm -hmm. And this position is going to be really life-changing for our community. So this person will be that individual that will have clients and survivors and caregivers bring in the medical bills and look at them. Look at the EOBs for any errors. Look at what their insurance covers. And really, if we can get people to, to use this position and, and utilize this service before treatment, that is really where we could see a lot of life, a lot of life changing decisions being made. So really looking at do you understand what your health insurance covers? Do you know what your out of pocket max is? Have you already met your deductible? Do you know what in of in network versus out of network means? And so there's just a lot that we could do on the front end. But if it's you know already passed or you're already into your treatment or you're a survivor, there's still a lot of financial navigator can do to help you maybe address all those mounting bills that you know those totals that are due. Okay, well that is huge. So I'm really excited and happy to hear that that's going to be available as well. Are there any tips and tricks that you could offer us that our listeners can take away as far as negotiating their medical bills, specific things to look for that they may not otherwise know. Absolutely. So there's um, several things that uh, individuals can do. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is that make sure that you really sit down and look at your health insurance plan. Make sure you really understand what is covered and what may not be covered. When you're meeting with doctors and it's time to set up procedures, when it's time to look at who's going to administer anything, you want to make sure that you make it very clear that you want in-network providers. Mm -hmm. A lot of people sometimes will just choose someone maybe based on a, a good reputation or they, they can see them faster, but if they are considered out of network, the patient will accrue a higher cost okay. of medical bills. Some other things you can do is, especially if you're helping care for a cancer patient or even a survivor, something that we learned from um, a conference that we went to is that you can actually have people come in and attach the EOB, explanation of benefits, to the medical bill. And then that way the cancer patient only has to review those in snippets. They're already matched together. That's a really good idea. The other thing to know too is always stay on top of the medical bills. So they will start coming in very quickly and it can be a high volume and overwhelming 
but it's really important to open those and see where your due dates are. Definitely call every clinic, hospital, whoever you are working with and let them know what you can financially afford. So definitely ask for payment arrangements and also know that if they ask you to pay an, an amount that you know you cannot afford, do not uh, enter into that agreement, but maybe instead counter what you can't afford. So a good example is if they say, can you pay 200 a month, but you know you can really only afford 100, mm -hmm. then ask them, you know, 200 is not gonna be feasible for me, but could we do 100? The other thing people need to know is if something changes, so if they agree to that payment arrangement, but then something changes in your finances that now maybe you have to reduce what you can pay, keep paying that amount that you agreed to until you can call in and negotiate a lower rate down. What a lot of people don't understand is the minute you stop paying, the payment arrangement no longer exists. But you can call in and let people know that your circumstances have changed. So we really encourage people to keep the billing office up to date. And then the last thing I like people to know is if you do find an error, you definitely wanna go through the appeal process and it can be a long term before you get an answer. What people sometimes forget to do is to call the clinic or hospital and let them know you are appealing that bill, the bill, and can they extend your due date out a little bit further. So sometimes what happens is if you don't call, then the next logical step that could happen is you're turned over to collections. However, if you let them know you're appealing, a lot of agencies will work with you and push that due date back. I think that's a very important, all of those are very good suggestions, keeping that line of communication with the billing department. And I can speak on your firsthand experience. There was a time when I had to appeal <laughs> a medical bill and they graciously notated my account, not a problem. And it was about three months later before I got an answer from insurance after everything was sorted. And it was, yeah, I was definitely worried about potentially going into collections for something I didn't feel like I was responsible for. Absolutely. And we always let our um, our clients know when we're working with them is that at the end of the day, both both ends want to see something happen. You know, nobody really wants anyone to go into medical bankruptcy. It is the number one bankruptcy type in America is medical bills. And so, you know, if an, an agency would like to collect on that money, and so if you enter into bankruptcy, there is a chance that that money will not be seen. So most, I almost, I would say probably 95% of the time when I talk to people, most places are willing to work with them. And then it's also just being very confident and empowered to do what's best for you. And it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes you may have to seek legal advice and that's okay um, to do. You know, sometimes people feel like, well, that's too much of a hassle or, you know, this, this could blow up into something big. But, you know, there are times where, you know, just getting some advice on the side is always a good idea before you make any big decisions. Great idea. Thank you for sharing that. I, I'd like for you to share a little bit about a survivorship program that I had heard about. Can you elaborate about what that encompasses and how it came out? Sure. So we, uh, about a year ago, we started hearing from survivors and we, we had a little bit of a survivorship conversation with some of our past survivors and said, you know, what are things that we need to know about survivorship and what are things that we could do better? And we heard back from people that while they were going through the treatment, they felt surrounded and taken care of. But then the minute your treatment ends, 
everybody kind of disappears. You don't have that medical team checking on you. You're not going to doctor's appointments all the time, and it's very frightening. And then they also talked about on the other end, a lot of people were saying, okay, well, now you can go back to what's normal, and now we can just jump back into life. And our survivors were saying, I'm not the same person I was before this journey started, and I don't know where to pick up the pieces. The other thing that's really important is people are to receive survivorship care plans. And this will tell you what normal side effects you should expect, how often you should be going back to see your doctor, but a lot of people don't know that they should be receiving those. So we decided this year to roll out a survivorship navigation program. And so it's the same as like what a cancer patient would have, except that it's unique to questions about, I've missed work for two years. Do I have to put where I was on my resume? How do I answer that when I'm a job interview? What are side effects that I can expect? Um, should I be going back to see my doctor every three months? And so we help them negotiate and go through that. We actually have some paperwork that we give them to take back to their doctor who will fill it in and then we fill in the rest and then they have their own little care plan. And we found some huge success. Um, another interesting statistic is that survivors are reporting anxiety and depression out to, out to about 10 years Wow. After their diagnosis. So, you know, it could be five years later and all of a sudden anxiety is, is cropping up and people don't understand what is this about? And so we found that we need to make sure that we take care of our cancer patients and navigate them, but we need to do the same for our survivors. That is very, very important. Because like you said, it's once they're finished with everything, on the outside, it could appear everything is fine. Mm -hmm. You're done with treatment. Let's move on with life. You know, that's great. But it, reality is not is not that way. Yeah, it's very true. And I think, you know, 60, 65% of people who are diagnosed with cancer are being labeled survivors nowadays. So that's a huge population of people. And we really need to make sure that we are helping people reestablish their lives, find what their new normal is, help relationships back into balance, mm -hmm. and help people really start forward in a financial security so that cancer doesn't have to have an, an everlasting impact on someone. Right. Are there resources, Tracy, that you could provide us both local as well as non-local? Absolutely. So local for here in Tarrant County, of course, you have Cancer Care Services, yes. which I'm proud to say, <laughs> you know, give us a call and we're happy to take care of you. And we also help people outside of our county. We, we try to navigate them to wherever they live. Some national organizations that I think are phenomenal are cancercare.org. They have wonderful videos, podcasts, educational material. Of course, American Cancer Society is going to be a great one for education and research if you really want to know about your cancer type. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think triagecancer.org is another one that is phenomenal. So we just went to a training with them. And the amount of cancer financial tools, answering questions about Medicare, the Americans with Disability Act, with FMLA leave, and just all of those different things that crop up when you're trying to figure out how long am I going to be in treatment and can I save my job? They have some great, great resources. So I would, I would really recommend people head to that. And then a lot of those will navigate you to local resources right in your own community. Fantastic. Now, let me ask you this. So if we have a listener who might be out of state or out of the local area, would they be able to reach out to Cancer Care Services for assistance? Is that 
a possibility and what would happen in that case. It is, and that's what we would really hope for, is if you are impacted by cancer, and we use that terminology here at Cancer Care. So if you're a cancer patient, if you're a caregiver or you're a survivor and cancer has impacted you, you can call us here or you can find us on the, our website is cancercareservices.org and you can send an email in, but you can let us know where you are calling or emailing from and our social work team will find local resources for you and navigate you to that. So that's what we really want. The last thing we want is anybody impacted by cancer sitting in their community and not knowing where to go. So even if we can't assist you with a financial program here, call us, email us, and let us navigate you to somewhere in your community to help to help you through your process. That is that is really a phenomenal thing to know. Regardless of wherever we may be in the in our journey, in our process, that there that you guys are here to help. So that is huge. Thank you. So you had mentioned the website. Would that be the best way to to reach out or is there a phone number or email that you could provide us for anyone who might be seeking support or if they would like to support cancer care services by volunteering or making a donation. Yes, yeah, so the easiest thing if you if you like to call our phone number is 817-921-0653 and when you call in you can just let our front desk know what you're calling in for. If you're calling about services they'll get you to someone. If you want to volunteer we'll get you to someone. Um, if you are passionate about, you know, making sure these type of agencies continue in the different communities on our website, we always have our donate now button if, if that's more of something or if you're interested in how we raise our money here and would like to be involved in that, you can call or email us and we'll, we'll always get you to the right person. We just we appreciate our volunteers. We appreciate donors. We appreciate anyone who wants to just make that further impact with with cancer you know, patients and their families. Well, this is definitely very much a community effort. And I love the facility that you have here. Just walking in the door, it's, I feel like I'm walking home because there's this living room area with the comfy couches and everyone's so friendly and nice and just very warm and welcoming. That was very important to us when we, when we designed this building, we wanted it to be exactly that. We wanted people to come in and feel like they're coming home. Mm-hmm. And that it wasn't clinical, it wasn't medical feeling, but that you can sit in our living room, our staff sits on the same couch with people, and just, just you know, make it casual and make it be a place of comfort. So, thank you so much, Tracy, for your time and sharing your, your knowledge and expertise. It has been valuable information. Thank you so much all for listening. Please subscribe to iTunes and follow us on Facebook at Speak Gyno to get notifications of future episodes. And as always, may we empower you, inspire you, and spark conversations.